Hello and welcome to the Talking Dad podcast. The podcast where we discuss all things dad, fatherhood, parenting and men's mental health. Please check out the podcast show notes or you'll find all links for social media and the Patreon page. I hope you enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. Toby's on the Talking Dad podcast for the first time and we're going to talk about um, dad life for starters. Dad life. So tell me about dad life, who who you've got and uh, how many and ages and you know whatever you're comfortable with yeah absolutely um so i've got the one she is my two-year-old daughter called lily and she is just incredible um definitely planning to have more than one okay it's not right now um i'm 28 so i was 26 when i had her and she yeah at the minute she's in that like awesome stage of being two years old we've had the like three weeks of terror and she's now in the enjoyable, excitable, fun stage. So a little bit about me is we, you know, I've got a partner who I've been with for about four years and known her for about 12 years. And just before lockdown, we uh, kind of sat down drunk one evening and we're like, shit, life's getting ahead. Also don't know if I can swear our apologies. You're fine. Um, like life is flying ahead pretty quick. I always wanted to have a child before I was 30. Um, in my head, I always, for some reason, wanted a kid by 27. Don't know what the affiliation with that number was. Right. I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of had the same chat. And as time went on, uh, we both were like, we came back about a week or two later and just said, like, I wasn't scared off by that conversation in any way. Like that didn't scare me. And you're talking to somebody who hasn't committed to anything or anyone for a very long time. So the fact that I wasn't scared off by that conversation uh, and that was the same, she was like, yeah, it felt really weird. It was a drunken conversation. And then I thought about it again in, in my sober thoughts the next day. Um, then fast forward and Lily arrives nice and early. So you had quite clear ideas of of what becoming a dad would be for you compared to mm. compared to myself where um we'd had similar conversations but my wife is a few couple of years older than me um so i feel like she had them ideas and plans before i'd even realized yeah so when we had that conversation it was a little bit like what's the rush there's no rush yeah, you know, totally get that. We've we just bought a house. We've got a dog. Let's, you know, if you want another dog, we'll get another dog. There's no rush for kids. That kind of conversation. <laughs> Everybody goes through that transition. We got the dog. If you can have a dog, you can have a child. Oh, oh my Lord. Why did nobody tell me back then that that is not the case? <laughs> it's very different, isn't it? Yeah. You can, uh, you can leave the dog on its own at home while you go to the pub on a Friday night. Exactly. <laughs> so, Although there is something that I loved about particularly newborn stage, going to the pub and, and having a child with you, having a newborn with you. Okay. And just because a lot of people would say like they wanted to stop their life or change their life. And me and Nak agreed like throughout the pregnancy we're going to keep our life the same. We're not wild. We don't go out. We don't party. We don't club. That we've never. I know Nat did in a, in the early twenties, but um, you won't get me near a club. So it's not like I want to be out till three a.m. I love the idea of just sitting in a pub and having a chat. And and me and Nat really enjoyed doing that, or traveling to different cities, staying over one night. Yeah. We didn't want to stop that. So 
you know, we stayed in York, Bristol. I think Lily was three, four months old in one, seven months old in another. We just didn't want it to stop anything. And there's something quite like a novelty about doing it all again with yeah. a newborn. There are challenges to it, don't get me wrong. Yeah, and you you uh, you travel with a lot more stuff and things mm-hmm. a bit more planning, don't they? But I, I think back to our first, and we kind of did the same thing. We were just like... the the kid's going to come with us and do what we do. You know, we're, yeah. we're very similar in that we, we don't really go out and have crazy lifestyles, but you know, we like to go away for the odd weekend. Mm-hmm. Now that kind of stuff, go out for a meal on a Sunday or something when we want to, and we don't want to not do that because we've got a baby now. And and we did that. I would say the, the challenges change slightly when you have a second one and you've got I can believe two it. to try and, wrangle into the car and <laughs> no. find somewhere that's going to accommodate you for, for a Sunday lunch or something, you know, but some people don't like to go out with the baby at all, do they? And that mm. they don't like to be out And to be honest, it's understandable. That is understandable. Like everybody's journey is going to be completely different. Yeah. And, and I, I understand that there's a lot of fear behind it and, um, and it's, you said the word earlier, it's accommodating, ensuring that somewhere is accommodating. Yeah. M- most places are accommodating. Yeah. Some are not baby proof or, or toddler proof in any way. My, my old local, it, one of my favorite places I used to go is literally the opposite of a child friendly place. There's nothing safe about it. There are stairs everywhere. Everything's right. made of wood and then sharp corners. And it just, it, it's, it's, it was a shame. Um, cause that was one place we didn't go as much, but yeah, it's, it's a strange one because that I use the word novelty. I don't mean that in like a callous way. I mean, like it was a novelty and then that wore off after maybe 18 months Yeah, because then she could run and it's a completely different ball game. Yeah. You can't sit at a table and, and you might get 10 minutes of cocoa melon in there. Um, and then after that, she's gone. Um, it's a lot harder to go for, like you say, to a restaurant or even like going to the cafe. I sat in Costa a couple of days ago for the first time on my own, did some marking. Um, I was there for two and a half hours, just having a bit of peaceful time, a bit of quiet. And was like, I couldn't, I can't, I've not done this in two, three years. I couldn't have picture. Lily wouldn't sit down. She wouldn't relax. She'd be running around. There'd be coffees on, on the floor. There'd be hot chocolates everywhere. Chaos. Yeah. Um, I'm quite aware that, you know, the country seems to be kind of split in half with half term and stuff, but mm. you know, it's all relevant, isn't it? But how are you enjoying half term? Do you know what? So let's assume that Natalie doesn't listen to this. Okay. okay. Which she will. Um, so I'll be careful. So when you say the country's split in half, she's currently at university and she had her half term last week. Wow. Okay. And I have my half term this week. So couple of things, actually. One, had a bit of freedom for the first time in forever. Um, so I had Monday, Tuesday, Lily was in nursery. And I had this moral dilemma. I'd like to hear your thought on this, really. The moral dilemma was time off with Lily, or this cost a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> I don't want to keep her off for those two days. It was a, It was a strange dilemma. Uh, kind of agreed with Nat to keep her routine. Nursery would be good. Have my mornings with her, keep her back in. Um, 
and a couple of things I'll tell you probably in this podcast that might sound bizarre or, or other dads who listen might go, oh, that's really strange. Um, mentioned it, everybody's journey is completely different, aren't they? So I, Lily's always been attached to Nat from day one. So she breastfed for the first 12 months, 12 months turned into 18 months. And then Lily wanted to turn 18 months into two years. So it's been a battle to try and break that. So what that has meant is Lily's always kind of fed to sleep from a younger age. Um, we kind of, what did they call it? Bed shared for the first 12 months. I don't know yeah. what the, the term to that is. Co-sleep, that's the one. Against everybody's advice. Um, there was advice against it, but a lot of people do it. We did it. Yeah. Still it's game it. changer. Well, <laughs> this is lots of people are doing it and, and it, we wouldn't change it. Um, and she's in her own bed. She's she's sort of sorted now. She's moved into her own bed, but she's still quite reliant on that attachment. Yeah. On on mum on that side. Um, so the reason I tell you that is because then I had the dilemma of if I have a Monday Tuesday, I've got the day nap, which again she doesn't ever do with me because she's never needed to. I've always worked those five days a week, and that's been off. She for eighteen months, and that was off. So yeah, yeah. Those whole eighteen months was just mum, baby, mum, baby. Um, so I was a bit nervous because even when me and Nat have time off, it's together. So really bizarrely, the last three days have been firsts for me as a dad. Um, so Monday, Tuesday, off she went. I had a bit of freedom, loved it. And then today, I've had the whole day. Whole day from the 6 a.m. this morning up until 5 o'clock today. It's just been me and Lily. And if I was to say to you that's the first time that's ever happened in Lily's life. I would not be lying. Right. Just for the nature of our setup. So Natalie didn't, she she quit a job, um, didn't return to work, et cetera. So 18 months of just mum and Lily. So now she's busy today, for example, at uni. And it was just me and Lily. And I got to about 10 o'clock went out and met my mum we went to a farm and that was really nice and Lily was with her cousin and she was feeding all these animals and it was really cute I got back in the car and was like shit sorry if I can't swear damn <laughs> <laughs> oh no I don't know how this nap's gonna go because at night time she right. she waves to me she says goodbye night night yeah yeah, yeah. And she goes to bed with mum takes five minutes and she's down uh anyway here we are, get to one o'clock. She's flat out. She's cuddled up next to me. I had a choice to make. Jamie, I had a choice to make. I could either leave her in that bed or I could nap as well. Yeah. Stand up napping for an hour with her. Nice. Um, I, this is going to sound really bizarre to say, but like that is a first for me. Okay, yeah. Apart from when she was a tiny little baby, that's a complete first for me. That Sleeping with her, her napping, so I've just not been part of that routine. So a little bit of pride in that today. It's silly. It might, you know, people listen might go, that is so weird. But to me, that's the first time in two years. No, I, I don't think it's it's weird at all. I mean, I can completely understand because both of mine have been breastfed and they do have that natural attachment towards mom because that's where they get mm -hmm. the comfort and that's where they get the, the milk from. Yeah. And I, I think I said on another episode that, all this time while I've been doing these this podcast, this has been like my evening hobby of sitting down and having a chat to people and recording a podcast while my wife's been upstairs 
in bed, feeding the baby to sleep and then watching yeah. Netflix. And that's kind of been our routine for like, he'll be two in April. So that's been the routine up until December, really. Yeah. It's yeah. only really now we're starting to try and wean him off um, the breast. And it's, it's going all right at the moment. Um, we take Good. it, we sort of alternate nights and my wife will feed him down in the living room. Um, well, generally I get my six year old into bed, at least into bed, watching telly or settled ready yeah. for sleep while she's feeding him, the other one downstairs. Then I'll come down and if he's ready, if time it right, if he's, if he's kind of on the edge, then I can kind of scoop him up upstairs quickly, have a Love little that. hop around the bedroom for a little bit, make sure he's asleep. And then I'll try and lay him down and, uh, he'll wake up once or twice in the night, but nothing like what he used to. And he's not having yeah. any milk in the night. So he's getting over that now. Uh, it's still in our bed. So we're still doing the co-sleeping thing. Um, but you know, when you, they recommend not to do it, don't they? But when your wife's the only yeah. person that the baby will want in the middle of the night exactly. and they could be up however many times during the night, the whole night, some nights, if they say, I'm not going into another room to deal with it, then what can you say? It's not, it's not exactly your job to say, Oh no, get it, get, get him out of our bed. Yeah, Just exactly. Whatever works for you. And it's making it easier, isn't it? It's whatever works for you, and it makes it easiest for everyone. We had Lily quite early. Um, so she was eight weeks early. So we did it about four weeks in the NICU. And um, obviously, they, I'm going to say the word, like, they made you feel guilty if you were to consider not breastfeeding. Right. So Nat didn't even consider it. She was like, like, yeah, absolutely. It was all forced kind of posters everywhere. Everybody's recommending, um, especially when they're eight weeks premature and they're three pounds, like breastfeeding yeah. is the best. And, yeah. and, and I'm glad we had, and, and I'm glad that was a decision. Um, but even if, if Nat was sat here right now, she'd tell you on our second, she's not going to. Right. And, and it's just because she, she feels like from a, from a mother's side, she, she has lost so much freedom and, and I've, I don't know if you ever felt guilt for not being able to help. I don't know if you ever felt, but like there've been times when Lily was younger, but the first 12 months, there was nothing I could do to soothe her because at the end of the day, I wasn't the contact comfort that she was after. And I wasn't the, the food source that she was after. Yeah. Um, we tried bottles that got rejected quite quickly. Yeah. And like I say, fast forward to two years old and we're still in that battle. Um, so yeah, it, it's a very strange one really. And I, I don't know if many dads feel that guilt if they've, if they're in that situation, okay, it's a hard one. I and mean, we, we talk about it. I'm open with Natalie about it. I do say like, I wish I could do so much more. I really wish I could. <laughs> but when they're saying no, and they're rejecting you and they, you know, they want, they want what they're used to. You can't force it. No, that's, um, you know, and a lot of people's situations will be different. There might be fellas out there that work nights or work evenings yeah. and that situation, then that dynamic is completely different, isn't it? But yeah, yeah you know what? So it become almost a, a bit of a running joke that I would say, you know, when, when my wife was tired and I could tell and I'd make a, a little comment that I was trying to be helpful and funny and it just didn't quite land right. Yeah. So, you know, I'd say... Um, I'd say, you know, if I, if I could feed him, I would. And it became like a little running joke, but I mean, I don't think yeah. she 
felt it like that. So, if, you know, if there's any women listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. They're going, oh, he said the thing. He, he said, said it. The yeah. thing. How dare he say the thing? Yeah, yeah. We should maybe set up, um, do like a little little special where if we, we say certain things that all dads say, that all partners say that women hate, you know, that little pet hate game and uh, we should oh, yeah. win some points or something or we can... We'll get the other halves on to the other side of the conversation. Dangerously play the game of pet hates that our partners say. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's a Patreon special, (laughs) (laughs) so they can't access it. I'm only letting people that are paying listen to that. (laughs) Too right, too right. Uh, But yeah, no, half turn's been good. Half turn's been good, and today it was as silly as it sounds. Possibly one of my favourite days of being a dad so far. And it's just coincidental that we happen to be sat down on that day. Yeah. Because um, there are so many things. And even when I say it's a, a week of firsts, so that first nap together, that was great. But for the first time, just because, and I can't stress enough, just because naturally it, life hasn't worked this way over the last two years, it's the first time where me and Lily have gone out to see my mum, so that side of the family, so the nanny side, and we went out for like a play date. Like I said, we went to the farm and we had time together because in the last 18 to 24 months, Nat's been free. So Nat's been able, if if, if I'm going to go visit my mum with Lily, I wouldn't say to Nat, stay at home. Yeah. So all of us, partner, me, baby, we'd all go. Um. And there's only so much catching up you can do with a, a two-year-old running around. And and if she's looking after the nephew, uh, an 18-month-year-old running around as well. So today was the first time where I, like, I went out with my mum and my daughter and, and Nat wasn't there. And just for my mum to see how I am as a dad. On your own, silly, yeah. It sounds weird, but like that was a first for me as well. It is different. And yet you do... You do a lot of things the same. You like generally keep the same routine and everything like that. Yeah. All the basics you would hit the same as you would if your partner was about, around. But there will be certain ways you are with them when you're on your own that would be different. Yeah, yeah definitely. What are your biggest challenges on becoming a dad? Or have we just covered part of that? Do you know what? I think so many, actually. And we'd be lying, or at least I'd be lying to say, there are no challenges. I still get frustrated at things. Um, and I, th- as we just touched on that kind of guilt of not being able to be fully apart. Um, and it's not, there's no resentment towards anyone, no resentment towards Lily or, or, or to Natalie in any way, because it's just uh, the way of how it is. But that's one of the biggest challenges. Um, and then I think something I do find hard is, is the lack of time I get with her. So you, you play a normal day and she's at nursery and I pick her up at 4.30 and she goes down for seven. And in that time, mummy's come home and she's got time with mummy as well. And and then I'm not part of that routine for bed. So I get a book in, read a book. She lets me read one book and then she yeah. literally now goes, bye-bye, <laughs> yeah. which is cute. Um, but yeah, like... And then I sit there a bit like what we're doing now going, Oh, I've only seen her for two hours today. Right. And when that's five days a week and then yeah, five days a week. And then you might get to the weekend and, and say, I pop out to go and watch the football once a month. 
And I feel the guilt of going to the football yeah. and watching that. But then, I don't know, yeah. See, it's that balance, isn't it? That real-life dad balance, which is quite a challenge. And it's um, a big adjustment. It's a big adjustment. Yeah. Even though you're two years in, it's still a big adjustment. I'm, I've got a six-year-old and an almost two-year-old, so that that is a, quite a, a big gap. And where you start to yeah. get towards, oh, we're getting a little bit of freedom back now because he's six and he can, you know, we we don't and we wouldn't, but he could go and spend a few hours with his older cousin yeah, if, exactly. if needs be because they'll get on fine and he's old enough or, you know, he'll go around his grandparents were lucky to live close by or, you know, the, the roots start to open up a little bit more. Might be an auntie yeah. who doesn't really like kids too much, but when they get to a certain age, she'll have them, that type of thing, you know, it, a bit of a balance. So when the babies, you're a bit more restricted in who you might ask. Yes. So then... You go from that to then having a baby again. And then some people might be put off by the fact that, oh, I've got a baby and a six-year-old. How am I going to run around and play football with a six-year-old whilst also holding the baby and looking after them? That You yeah. know, so yeah, it's a bit I of a balance that. there. Again, isn't there an adjustment? Yeah. And like, even now, I'm, I'm back on an adjustment because I'm having to sort of learn the bedtime routine again because I haven't been that fully into it for the majority of the... This sort of well, eighteen months, nineteen months. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm and I imagine those two experiences of both children, it, it may be completely different routines. You know, maybe the nighttime routines are completely different. And so this is going to be completely new for you, isn't it? What you're doing now in comparison to four years ago when when your six year old was two. Yeah, and and you know you can make you can make your mistakes with your first one. Um, you know, yeah. your bedtime routines, maybe not as, not as good the first time around, or I don't know, our situation was different. We were in a different house and all that kind of stuff. And I was working, um, Eve, uh, no, I was working nights then the occasional nights. So maybe two a week or something like that. So our dynamic was different again, whereas now things are a little bit more better in terms of work-life balance, although yeah. I'm in the office now and not working from home as I have been for about three years. So that's, uh, that's another adjustment I've got to get used to um, a lot, but we've had, we've had a, we've kind of got ourselves where we, we know the routine, the routine works well. Routine is King. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. Every, everyone can have a different routine. It doesn't matter as long as it works for you. Yeah. But when you figure that out, don't try changing it. Cause you're just making life difficult for yourself. Yeah. 100%. And, and when you, and you you kind of have proof in the pudding yourself, you find that out yourself when you, when you change your routine. So like an easy example is right now. Yeah. So rather than putting like Lily in bed tonight, like rather than not doing that tonight, she said, oh, I've not seen her all day. I've not seen her for three days this week, which is a bit much at the minute. Um, so I'm just going to chill with her in our bed tonight. And I've come in at eight o'clock and she's messaged me saying, just so you know, Lily's in our bed. You know, that don't get me wrong. That's cute. But that's a change of routine for the last few months. So I predict we're going to have a rocky night where somebody's going to wake up in about an hour's time. Somebody's probably going to wake up at one o'clock in the morning. Somebody's probably going to wake up at three o'clock in the morning, which maybe wouldn't happen if we stuck to routine. But on the flip side to that, I'm going to love the fact that I've got a night next to her. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the juggling act, isn't it? We had a, a, yeah. a birthday party for... Um, one of my six-year-old's friends at the weekend, but it, it was a it was a late 
birthday party at a soft play. So it was um, half five till half seven. Now, between seven and half seven is bang on bedtime yeah. routine. So they might be in the bath if it's bath time. We might be just sitting down to read a book and getting pajamas on it, you know, just after seven. Yeah. Half seven, that's when, right, that's pushing it. We need to be calming down now and getting into bed and it's all nice and quiet. And let's just, by eight o'clock, everyone's in bed, hopefully, fingers crossed and touch wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously we, we we didn't finish there till half seven, so we didn't get home till like nearly eight. And it didn't necessarily spoil the night. It didn't, well, I say spoil, it's not the right word. It didn't interfere with the night so much, but they still both got up really early. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we've noticed actually since the little ones been going bed okay at normal time and has only been waking up a couple of times and generally go back to sleep fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. He started getting up early again and we kind of forgot what that felt like. Yeah. Because then when he's up, he'll be loud enough to wake the other one up because he's not necessarily a, a deep sleeper at the best of times. So then he'll be up and racing about and that's it. When they're both up, you, you've game over. Game neither, over. Neither of them want to sit down and sit next to you and have a little cuddle and just be quiet. They just got to tear ass about a bit. <laughs> but I've got two boys, so maybe that's boys. Yeah. I um and that is another thing. Like, like we're probably having completely different worlds as well, having a boy and a girl. Yeah, yeah. It probably is completely different worlds. I was with my I mentioned earlier my nephew today, and he's adorable. He really is. But even just the way the toys they play with, the way they play is is so different to to how little girls play, for example. Uh, and maybe sometimes this would be the sociologist in me coming out, but even the way you interact with them is that a little bit different. You interact with a little boy and a little girl, but like the way my mum was with both of them today, yeah. she was brilliant. Obviously she was brilliant, but the difference between interacting with a little boy and a little girl is so different. Um, me, I don't know um, what you and your partner have ever spoke about in the past, but me and Natalie both literally always say like, I'd love a boy. I would, but just, it felt so right having a girl right now. And I wouldn't change it in a million years. Like I, I going into throughout this whole pregnancy, well, the pregnancy, I just kept saying like, I don't know, but I just want a girl. Right. And I don't know why. Now I think that's because one side is I, as a male, and knowing me as a human, as a man yeah. was like, Oh my God, I don't want to make a complete copy of me. There are right. so many flaws of me. I don't want my son to have. Yeah. And then also I'm not fully into the, like the complete masculine lifestyle yeah. as in, and I don't know, like I'm just not as I'm not, I don't think I'd be a cool dad to a boy. Okay. Other than football, don't quite get boy conversations and bear in mind, I teach teenagers and I, oh, right. I literally speak to, to teenage boys on a daily basis. And I'm, I just, I don't understand what they're saying after time. <laughs> so with a bit of a fear in me thinking like, I just don't know, I'd be a really bad boy dad. But I grew up in a household of three women. Right. I'd be a really good girl dad. Yeah. And I'll do the hair and I'll let them put the makeup on me when they're older. And I don't mind doing that. Yeah, I don't think we, I just... I think we just kind of went with the flow and then we found out we were yeah. having the boy. And then the second time round, 
I was partly hoping for a girl because then I thought, well, that'll be it. We'll have one of each and we don't have to yeah. ever talk about it again and it's job done. <laughs> <laughs> but we ended up with another boy and then I thought, well, it's not that bad because I've already done it once. So, you know, yeah. and I kind of, you've got two boys, but then the bit where your brain starts to play tricks with you and you start to get, it's a bit scary that, okay, the crazy world that we live in, I've got to try and raise two boys now and all the challenges that brings it with it. And you two, yeah. you know, not only, not just two boys, but, you know, in general, two respectable young people, yeah. you know, so. Well, the, to bring them up to be well-rounded individuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've talked about that on previous episodes with other guests. And I think everybody yeah. start, everybody goes through that thought at certain points. But then when you think, oh, I might have two teenage boys in the house. <laughs> That's going to be a nightmare, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what? One's going to be eighteen, and one's going to be fourteen. That's a big oh, gap, isn't it? You're in for fun, then. One's just starting to at fourteen. That's just like girlfriend territory, going out with your mates territory, starting to, you yeah. know, starting to get there. And then eighteen's like going out to the pub and coming home drunk and Ooh, being, being an idiot with your mate, isn't it? Yeah. And you're the other gonna, one's going to see that. Then. <laughs> but then I guess any dads who are listening with young girls have got the flip side of that, which is uh, my teenage daughter, and I know all the things that I want to protect them from, and I know all the all the 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 thoughts and comments and anything that they might come across. Uh, and you don't want to shelter too much and mollycoddle and and I mean, don't get me wrong, this is ten years to fifteen years away for me to even consider. But it's still in your head, isn't it? You're still thinking about it now. You have moments, don't you? Especially yeah. when you're talking to another dad like this and you think, yeah. oh, yeah, we've got to do that yet. No, but like I said, I do, I do mention quite early on in this, I do, we do want more. And I do, I do want, I always thought I wanted three. Okay. Then realized how chaotic life is with one. Yeah. Don't know how I do three. Definitely want two. I grew up as a, in a household of three, so two sisters and myself. So I know that plays a huge psychological part in that. And same in Natalie's life. She grew up in a household of two brothers and herself. So we both knew we wanted to be in that kind of busy and, and fun and, and fast-paced environment. Um, and there's always somebody to bounce off. But then, gosh, I already want a break. <laughs> yeah, 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 We've already said, let's have a couple of years of just focus on Lily. Yeah, it's probably a bit different when when she starts school, because then, like I say, you do start to get that little bit of life back, and you know you might want to go away with your fiance and have a weekend away or something, and it might be a little bit easier if uh, yeah. nan nan or grandparents might be able to have Lily then. But then all of a sudden, when you start doing that, number two might just arrive anyway. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I think we're kind of at that. We're a little bit early, but we're kind of at that point. Like my wife it, um, comes from a family of three siblings. So there's her and her two sisters. I'm from just me and my sister. Yeah. So I've kind of got it in my head that two's a perfect number, nice and round, nice and even, and we'll just stick at that. My wife's like, well, you know, three's not too bad, is it? So yeah, exactly. we've got a conversation at some point coming and I don't, I don't know. I think life's quite busy at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Talking Dad podcast. I've recently started a Patreon account to help support the growth and development of this podcast. And for those that don't know, Patreon is a platform 
that allows you to support creators like myself and also gets you access to exclusive content and perks in return. I've talked before on the podcast about how I envision this becoming a resource library, uh, almost like a directory for dads, expectant dads or experienced dads and parents as well. This Patreon page gives us opportunity where you can support the podcast for either small one-off donations or a monthly sign-up. That helps us keep the lights on, so to speak. Helps me put food on the table for the kids. I recently came up with an idea that popped into my head as I was probably driving around. I put this on Twitter and it was that Patreon is like the digital equivalent of a busker's hat. And you never see a busker in the town square playing his guitar without his hat or his guitar case open for a bit of spare change from the passers-by. So think about my Patreon page a bit like my busker's hat. So if you like this podcast and everything that we're trying to do, please consider supporting the podcast by signing up to one of the paid tiers or a one-off contribution would be much appreciated. All the links for the Patreon page will be in the show notes. Back to the episode. Thank you for listening. And that's the thing you've got to know. I'm going to be careful how I say this. I was just about to say, actually, you've got to know when it's right. But that's not the reality either. So I'd be careful how I say that. Obviously, it's good to know if it's right. But that's not always the reality for people who listen who and maybe it wasn't at the right time. And yeah. it's come out of nowhere and it's come as a shock. Yeah. Um, that's not bad. And you, there was no shock for us because, to be honest, there was no shock for us. But I think everybody around us was completely shocked. Right. And and I know that. I know nobody would say that to me either. But me and Natalie, in, in the eyes of everyone else around us, we'd only been together 12 months and some of my family haven't met her and that kind of things, but okay. nobody knows the context behind how long we've known one another and, and, and all of that. Um, so yeah, I do know in, in, it, in some cases it, it might be ideal to be like, we know this is the right time, but is there ever a right time? I, I, people have said that to me in the past. I don't think there is ever a perfect time. There's always, no. There's always something. There's always a job promotion. There's always a house move. There's always, you know, let's yeah. finish paying the car off before we decide to need to yeah. pay for food for a baby. Like, you know, there's always something that pops up. Yeah. There's always a an excuse you can give yourself. And I probably Absolutely. did that the first time around quite a lot. And it was just kind of putting off, putting off, putting off. And uh, second time around, it was a bit, but it was weird really because the first time around, it was like we were... I don't know how old I was, 23, 24. We'd just bought a house. We're in the house a couple of years. Then we started talking about it. Um, we got a dog. We got two dogs. And then couldn't really get a third dog. So no. we, started, <laughs> we started seriously talking about it. And then the second time around, we were moving house. And we were doing renovations. And then COVID hit. And we were living with my parents. And life was just upside down completely. Yeah. And then we came out of that got into the house it still wasn't quite finished but then we started talking about the second so we we just had a lot of upheaval around the first two times anyway yeah yeah so it, it was never that perfect like right here's the moment no 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 not at all um it's, it's bizarre so so this, this is quite personal um so whether that will kill me for saying it who knows um but basically we after that conversation I referenced earlier and that kind of drunken chat we had and we came back together two weeks later and we're like, actually really not scared off by that thought. We, you know, we, we act 
actively were like, right, well, let's not actively, but we kind of said, let's not be careful and, and see what happens okay. in that way. Um, so there was no like planning and there was no like, we, you know, let's try and be pregnant by such a time. It was just, let's see what happens. Um, <laughs> and then the next month, oh, <laughs> that's quicker than we thought. Um, unfortunately, we, we, we did, uh, she had a miscarriage, a silent miscarriage with that one. Um, about nine weeks in, which was hard hitting, yeah, and and quite traumatic in the way that it happened, because you know everyone will throw the statistics at you, and they'll say to you like, oh, one in four, and and to try and make you feel better, and yeah, and see you, but like anybody who's gone through that experience will know that it it's that'll stick with you for the rest of your life, yeah, and and whatever you feel as a, uh, a potential father at that time the potential mother at that time is is going through potentially a, a serious physical change in their life. Now for us, this meant um, it had to go, it wasn't a natural kind of miscarriage, it had to go for surgery. Right. Um, that being the nature of the, the silent miscarriage. Um, so after that, it was, it was obviously quite sad and emotional, et cetera. And we had the tears for a few weeks and, and the conversation came back up. And we were basically like, look, we're still serious about this. And we know there are little risks for it to happen again, the way yeah. that it happened. Um, let's just keep trying. Um, now, the reason I bring that up is because at, at that point, you know, we're talking about right time and things like that. At that stage, that baby in my whole family's kind of sphere would have been the so for context, there are about six children born within 12 months in my family. Okay. Yeah. And that child would have been the first of of a catalog of siblings and and everyone else who then went to have children. Yeah. Um. So you know, we only told by that nine week stage, we'd only really told mum on either side or parents on either side and and siblings. So it was quite a small thing. Fast forward, and before we realised that we're pregnant with Lily. I've got one sister who comes forward and, and has to kind of tread on eggshells to say, so we just so you know, I'm pregnant. Yeah. And they were nervous to tell us that. And then I had a stepsister who's very close to the family who also the month later had to say the same thing. And that's really bloody hard to hear when you've gone through what you've gone through. And I know for Nat, that was something that was just really hard hitting to keep hearing. Like we've just gone through, you know, and it always feels worse when it's you, doesn't it? So one of the worst things that we've gone through yeah. and everyone else is celebrating and happy around us. Um, and so then you fast forward and here we are in it. And at one stage, there are three women in the family who are pregnant at the same time. Cause then we announced two or three months later that we're pregnant or Lily, uh, that Nat's pregnant and all, all the women are pregnant. And then my eldest sister, six months after everybody else, goes, oh, guys, just so you know, um, I'm pregnant as well. Right. So both sisters and a stepsister and obviously my my little family um, have all had a child within, I say, like I said, I want to say 12 months. At, at nine months from the first child to the so niece, mine nephew nephew so there's four of them there and then there's a cousin involved as well who's close yeah. to the family yeah so many children all in one year yeah and uh, 
I imagine you you you're all fighting each other behind the scenes to say who's going to get childcare at the weekend. Oh well, yeah. Bless my poor mum. Bless her. She uh, she she works five days a week anyway. So she for the first year <laughs> just kind of went not on me, <laughs> not on me. Um, but coming to your question on challenges, that 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 is, I would say, one of our genuine biggest challenges is childcare. Yeah, I don't know. You know, everyone's circumstance is so different, but our biggest is we don't. Nat doesn't have a mum on her side, and my mum, with all these children and working and paying bills and mortgages and cars and you name it, you can't provide for all those children. And so, the reason Nat didn't go back to work is because we didn't have the finance to do nursery five days a week yeah and we didn't have the support network and i'm not talking negatively about either family that's just the way of the world that's the circumstances that we're in is the support network wasn't there which was was and is to this day still quite strange um and i don't know everybody's circumstances so different I don't know how easy it is to get childcare in other people's households, but my Lord, we don't half have a battle. This yeah. is why it's always, I'd, I'd say Nat has done 99.9% of the work. Mm. We, we're very lucky, you know, compared to, even compared to yourself on that example, really. We, we, um, so my parents are still working and my mum has, you know, not too recently gone through some health issues and stuff, which has had its own challenges. So, that's been a, a difficult part to it as well to add to it. And then, but on the, on my wife's side, her, her dad's been retired for quite a few years and her mum's just recently retired. So they're finding they but then they've got their own lives as well that they want to live yeah, and they want to do. And obviously they'll, they'll always offer and, and they're very good to us. And we, you know, like I say we're around the corner, so it can be very easy, but I mean, even just this week, I've got no holidays left until the end of March. I couldn't have had any time off at the moment now that I'm back in the office to have the kids for half term. So we rely on the grandparents and we're very fortunate yeah. that we can do that. I know a yeah, lot of other definitely. people might not have that option. So when I complain about childcare, I shouldn't really, but <laughs> no, well, it's, 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 it's a hard one. Like, so, so for example, to today, the reason I got that day today um, with Lily is because well, there's no other option and not that we needed another option. I'm, I'm so glad I got that day. But next week, when I'm in work and, and Natalie's got a surprise Wednesday at university, well, she's not going in. <laughs> that That's the issue is we can't afford the extra day of um, emergency day at nursery. Yeah. And they can't guarantee that emergency day. Um, And like I say, Natalie's doing university, so... That doesn't come with a salary, does it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's a choice we've made because for longevity and the long long run in our family, that's going to be the best thing for everyone. Yeah. Particularly for Natalie. Um, but there's no, there's no one to, there's no one to even just say, oh yeah, we'll have we'll have her on Wednesday, of course yeah. we will. There's yeah. there's none of that. Yeah. Um, and that's a generational thing. Again, that sociologist in me wants to come out. Like, you go back forty years ago the age in which people have children and retire and things like that, most likely grandparents would be of the age to do that support. Yeah. My mum's in her fifties. So 
in her head, well, I'm working for another 15 years yeah, <laughs> full yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Like my, my mum's the same age, so similar age. So, you know, whereas I always remember as a kid, it was always a grandparent that I would go to and they weren't yeah, yeah. working and all right, some of them might've been older than, than the others. Cause one side of the family is slightly older than the other side. So, but like nowadays it's not that common for one for people to be able to retire early and, and two for people being, you know, you know, only one person in the household being in work still, yeah. you know, yeah, it's yeah. not that common anymore. Is it a lot of people, both sides have to work, pay the bills. So it is absolutely. Can't, but you know, these are little, they are things you think about when you go into it, when you go into it, but you, when you've got a new baby and you're off on paternity and you know, your wife's going to be off on maternity leave, you don't have to think about it so much. No, exactly. It's exactly. on the days like you for next week when that's just going to hit you and you think, all oh, right, we're, we're stuffed a bit here. Yeah. What are we going to do? And that comes back. So that word guilt all over again is it's an unspoken, it's not a conversation we've had. It's just, well, Toby can't take that day off. So, so Nat's decision is, well, I can't go in. Yeah, And obviously she's already had to email to say, I won't be able to make it due to childcare issues, but there's only so many times you can use that excuse. Yeah. It's a different world when, you know, when she's in full-time work, it's a different world. You'll have two salaries in the house and God, I'll give every nursery some money if they want by that point. But right <laughs> now it's, you're trying to, you're trying to save every penny, aren't you? No, um, that's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is she, so this is the thing with Nat. I'm going to use the phrase catfished. Um, she didn't, she's incredible, but, she full time job when I met her and we re met. Um, she was the breadwinner, and I was thinking comfortable lifestyle here. I could do this little house husband lifestyle. Okay. This is nice. Yeah. Um, and then when I got down to find out, she actually hated every part of that job, and it was similar to what you were saying earlier to you. She, she was doing night shifts. Sometimes she starts at three a.m., won't get home till twelve. She'd need to sleep, so her pattern would never have worked being a mum. Um. So it was, always, it was not like she just turned around and went, I'm never going back to work. It was always a conversation. We always knew it was coming and looking at a career change. But for a good a good year of my life, I thought, hey, I'll look at this. I could be at, she could pay the bills. I could stay at home. And then look where we are now. But there you go. She's off to, well, qualify as a primary teacher. Then we'll just be a household of teachers. Um, and that'll be worth it in the future. But You'll yes. have all your holidays off, won't you? honestly that was a big part of it was rather than having to battle for holidays it's kind of that guarantee of knowing um that there's going to be six weeks at summer of uh both parents around yeah yeah we're well keep saying it but we're lucky at the minute because my wife works in a nursery so that comes with a a discount which helps massively But, but ideally what she wants to do is she wants to maybe be in a school when both the kids are at school yeah, so then totally we don't get that. we don't have that battle of oh, school holidays are coming up. Who's got the holidays to be off, or who can we get to have the kids? Because then she'll always be off right. with the kids as well. So exactly, yeah, that's her ideal yeah, I mean, sort of pathway. But you know, we're a little way off it. It's it's a it's a good pathway though, and it's it's teachers are fortunate in in any part of the teaching world to have those holidays. Obviously, society has different views on 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 those holidays, but they you know they are. Some of those days you do need to work, don't get me wrong, but they're, they're, it's built for family. That's one thing I'm very fortunate about is you just mentioned about 
I would say like you ran out of holidays till the end of March. Yeah. If I had to, for let's say Tuesday, got a phone call at 12 and it was nothing major, but Lily needed to go to the doctors or anything like that. My line manager would turn to me and go, go, go and get her. Right. Uh, and they do know because of where Nat's at uni, I'm the one closer to the nursery. Yeah. Um, but there's, because I always had this worry, I always had this this fear that people or the workplace or your managers will go, well, why is mum not doing that? Why is mum not doing the caregiver thing? What? Um, although that's not what I personally believe, that's not my view on the role of a father or a mother. Yeah. I'd, I've always worried that somebody would turn to me and go, but why are you doing that? Why is mum not doing that? Uh, so I'm very fortunate that my workplace is very family orientated. Um, to the point if I said I can't come in today because she's got, she had strep A. Of course she had strep A just after Christmas, didn't she? That was a horrible week. Um, and there was no worrying. Like my line manager d- didn't even say like set any work or do anything. She was just like, focus on her, come back when you're ready and she's ready. Right. Um, which is really fortunate. Um and I, I I know not everyone's in that position. I'm very lucky with, with education that they can do that, um, which is kind of why Nat's like, I want to be a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems quite nice. <laughs> yeah. Last question I've got for you. What do you do to balance your time being a dad and the the you part of your life, your hobbies? Ooh. Have you got hobbies? I know you've got some yes. hobbies. So hobbies indeed. Yeah, this does link. Right. R- love that question. And when you get time to reflect on that, then I realize how fortunate I am. So I guess my hobbies are playing football or watching football. So my local team, that's something that I've not had to sacrifice. That's something that is, that's always kept up um, just after paternity leave. It's, it's a Wednesday evening, get my exercise in uh, late night. So sometimes it's eight o'clock at night. Um, sometimes it's seven and, but Nat will always be like, go apart from tonight. When I got a red card, it's usually a good affair because then you get half an hour running around 40 minutes running around and then you come home. And like we discussed earlier about the bedtime routine that sometimes works in the favor of the bedtime routine. Right. Cause then I'm not there in the way. Okay. Um, especially at the minute when, so Lily will know I'm downstairs. She, she'll play us off each other. Yeah. And I'm like, Daddy, another book kind of thing. And yeah, she stalls. Yeah. She, you yeah. know, the stalling phase. Yeah. Um, so I'm very fortunate that I can still do that weekly. Um, probably don't watch football as much as I ever used to. That used to be kind of my Saturday every Saturday. Yeah. Um, that that's definitely down to a minimum. But I I guess the best way to answer that of the balance of the me time, the Toby time is. Toby time involves Lily and, and involves Nat. Like my, other than football and, and maybe going for a run late at night, I would take the weekend with those two over watching football. Um, I'm even finding like two-year-old parties are fun. Okay. I, I get excited if she gets invited to a two-year-old party. Like I don't, that that is part of the, there's no feeling of, Oh, I can't I can't do this on Saturday because I've got a party. Yeah. I'm like, back off. I'm going to the party because so good to just see Lily interact with kids, be happy. That that's my new me time. Yeah. Um and and 
and I missed that you know when I was saying yesterday for example I, I took Louis to nursery and then had the day at home did a bit of work at Costa and then um, played on the Xbox for an hour and and in hindsight probably should have given her a half day and picked her up and had more time with her yeah. Um, but yeah so really interesting question because my my time has become mine and Lily's and Natalie's time, family time that has become my new my way to relax yeah which is yeah you've got me thinking there oh and then drinking <laughs> I fit that around all of it yeah that that comes into it at some point oh, absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah i think the hobby thing i mean everyone's got something i mean you know just recently and and coming out of covid and i don't like to just keep going on about it and stuff because everyone's moved on now haven't they but um one of my mates got he lived on his own so when when he wasn't allowed out and he couldn't see people that really affected him so he started yeah. just sort of going on his own walks and then when restrictions lifted he could go further afield and do bigger sort of walks and so we've all sort of joined him now and we, we go out on every couple of months, we'll do a hike somewhere and, you know, that's cool. It snowed in last year and stuff like that. So we're getting, we, we'll do that over a weekend or we'll do it on a Saturday. And so instead of meeting up to go into the football and having a few beers, we'll meet yes. up and a few of us are dads and we'll meet up and have a, a walk up a hill somewhere and f- get, get halfway up and wonder why we even started because we're all yeah, out can... of shape and none of, <laughs> none of us are like 20 anymore. That is you've kind of got me thinking again there because you, I've got, I mentioned right at the start, I don't have a circle of dads at the minute, which I don't know. Nobody in my friendship group or close friends has a child. And I don't see many of them for a couple of years either. Yeah. Um. So I, I know I don't go out with them as much. I'll play football with them tonight and, and I might play on the Xbox, uh, you know, 10 at night with them on the headset and have a chat. Um, but when they're out on Saturday, Friday night and Saturday, yeah, I'm not, it's not even a thought process to invite Toby and I'm okay with that. Like I am okay with that because it's been like that for a while. Um, but their, their circle's so different to this one yeah. that a workmate who, I hope he doesn't listen to this, I'll get in trouble. Um, but I've got a workmate who's invited me to go away in Easter for a night in scotland now i've never been to scotland um to go and stay in glasgow um and he was looking at one night or two nights that's something i've never not done since having lily i've not stayed away i've not and and there's 50 percent of me that goes just bail just say no and then there's 50 percent of me that's like do it because have a life and amongst that 100 percent, there's someone going but you want to have that time with Lily and, and are you going to leave Natalie for 48 hours doing all the childcare? And so that element is hard to balance that kind of just, Oh yeah, I'll just do this. Oh, I'll just go and do that. That's disappeared. Um, so if my mate is listening, I've not confirmed if I can or cannot go to Scotland yet. Um, I will confirm one day. <laughs> <laughs> have I asked Natalie yet? I've hinted at it. Have I def- definitively asked her? No. That might help in the decision <laughs> process. Yes. <laughs> it's an external decision for definite. She's the first person who's literally like, go and do it. Go and yeah. do it. Go out. Yeah. Go do this. Go do that. But as all, you know that's a trap. <laughs> well, it could be. Yeah. Because, yeah. Could always get brought up in the future. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Weird one just before we do f- yeah, yeah. finish on that. Um and I'd love to know if other people feel this way. Is uh, a challenge is being a partner, not just being a dad, is since becoming a a parenthood, seeing my partner not do as much hobbies as me right. makes me feel that guilt again. So you that question you've asked me about how do I balance my life, I think as a dad is a little bit easier than than Natalie's whose last hour has been putting Lily to bed and then she's exhausted anyway. Yeah. Like I know I go to football once a week and I run probably three times a week now to just to try and lose that bit of weight and all that. That's something I did pre-baby that I want to get back into my life. And then when me and Nat talk about it, she was like, I just don't have the energy. Like I I I don't one, I don't want that time away from Lily. And two, I don't have the energy to do so because I was up at five o'clock this morning with Lily. Yeah. Um, which I get. I do totally, totally get. Um, so on that side of hobbies, like I actually feel guilty that I'm I don't not that I don't let, that's the wrong phrase, but, but that Nat doesn't get the opportunity to have her hobbies. Yeah. And not we discuss this all the time. This isn't something like it's something we always discuss. Um it's something I wish that she could do more. But coming to that circle, I say I don't have dad friends. There's a very small circle of, or there's no mum friends either. And I guess it's just currently, as we're 27, 28, maybe when we get past 30, a couple of people around us will. But both of our circles, we're we're going through it quite individually, um, which is interesting. And we'll see. Yeah, I might reflect on that in five years and see where we're at. Yeah, well, you could find yourself um, being the one in your group that's got the older children, and then the rest of the group is having the younger children, and you kind of yeah. you're the wise old man sat at the the table saying, "Oh, we've done all that," or you know, "Oh yeah, oh, our kids, up. our kids will come and babysit for you." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just so that. we can have a quiet, you know. A meal or something, you know, the kids can go and sit in the other room and ours will look after yours and we can sit yeah, put, and have a, a show on. Yeah, have a meal or something. Um, yeah, I do often wonder that that might keep be the case for us and some of our friends. Well, I honestly, I would say this last hour, I've spoken to you about being a dad more than I've spoke to any mate about being a dad. Okay. And it's not through lack of mates. That, not that they don't care. It's they don't get it. It's they, different. They it is they, different. It's very different. They wouldn't. I wouldn't have known the questions to ask two and a half years ago. I wouldn't have yeah. known, other than checking in. Like, you know, I got the odd mates who go, "How's Lily?" Yeah, you know, "How's Natalie doing?" And they're the good questions. I like those questions. Yeah, and your response is, the, "No one's ever gone. They're doing okay." And then yeah. that, do you move on? <laughs> you move on, and then yeah. they talk about the football. No one's ever gone like, "Like, Toby, how are you finding it? How is yeah. it? Is it hard work? And are there any challenges?" And so it's nice to talk about that. Yeah. Um, and my outlet, I would say, is my mum for that. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, we'll have a good conversation or WhatsApp or what you. But even that disappears because you can't have that chat when the two year old's running around in front of you. <laughs> so no, even that right, outlet yeah. disappears. Yeah. Because you're yeah. too busy building towers. Yeah. yeah. Well, that... Coco Melon. And... I, uh, I appreciate you coming on and, and talking about it and sharing it, you know, because no, thank people... you for giving me the opportunity. Some people are a lot happier than others have, have, have talked about this kind of stuff. And, you know, yeah. still there is there is still a little bit of stigma around dads and men having this kind of conversation. And I don't think there should be. 
no i agree totally agree right well we'll we'll finish the episode there winner and if you want to hear me and toby talk a little bit more for an extra 15 minutes or so while we drink another beer and talk about beer chat you can find us elsewhere probably on jamie's man cave probably is on jamie's man cave cheers thank you very much for having me really enjoyed it this podcast is also a part of the lone wolves collective the lone wolves collective is a home for independent podcast creators and it's a creation between myself and rob jones now, me and Rob met back in 2021 when we created our podcast around the similar time and we connected over social media. Throughout that time, we've appeared on each other's podcasts quite a few times and we've got to chatting and we've got similar ideas and interests and thoughts on the podcast world and the indie podcast world. So we wanted to put our heads together and come up with an idea that would allow us to showcase our creative endeavors podcasts blogging and in the future this might also lead to us being able to shine some light on other independent creators so the links will be in the show notes to the lone wolves collective we have got our own website which at the moment we're in the process of setting things up where all our podcasts are featured on there we've got blogs coming out on there as well in the future we might have a little podcast of our own under the lone wolves collective banner and this will be an update on all the things that we've got going on over there, all the indie creativeness. So if you'll check that out in the show notes as well, we'll be very grateful for that. Thanks for listening to this podcast.